going through the motions is a part of when you are a part of a religion, if I can use that word, we, we, we kind of talked about this, a rules-based system rather than a relationship with God. A rules-based system is man-made, it's man-origin, uh, it's to please people, but God came for a relationship. It's a completely different dynamic. And so what Paul does, if I can do a quick recap, is Paul traveled to a region in central Turkey, known then as Galatia. It was a province of the Roman Empire. And he went there to tell the great story about Christ. And, of course, Jesus was a game changer. Jesus said things like, I don't think of you as servants. I think of you as friends, right? So all of these things that Jesus was changing, Paul went and spread this good news, this great message. Good news means gospel. And so as Paul went to spread this good news, people came after Paul left, and they said, well, yeah, what Paul said was good, but you still need to do X, Y, and Z, right? You need this rule and that rule. And one of the big, big rules of the law was circumcision. You still need to do this. And Paul says he gets upset because these guys have come behind him. And he said, no. And that's the letter that he wrote back to these churches that he had started. This letter was going to circulate around. And he said, no, Christ has made you free, free. One, two, three, say it together. One, two, three, free. You're free. And that's what we talked about last week was Independence Day. This is, Galatians is Paul's declaration of independence. You, my friends, are free. You're free. So free that Paul gives a couple of caveats at the end of the letter. And he says, but don't use your freedom to what? Be selfish. Don't use your freedom to indulge yourself, but rather to serve others. And this was the message that Paul was giving. So as he writes this letter, Paul is trying to help people move from a system where they're always wondering and worried, did I break the rule? Did I follow the rule? Am I in or am I out? And so Paul uses this concept. He said, think of it this way. You are not a slave or a servant, but you are a son or a what? Daughter. A lot of people are stuck in the idea that you're a servant of God instead of understanding that you are a son or a daughter of God. Jesus moved us from this system and helped us see that that's not what God wanted. God didn't want that, but God wanted a relationship, son and daughter. Now think about this. This will help you. Imagine in your mind, your son or your daughter, what you want with them and for them. What you want with them and for them. What you want for them is the best. What you want for them is them to be happy and healthy and safe and generous and kind and good to others, I think. Am I close? Am I in the ballpark here, people? 
what you don't want them is to feel so terrible, so bad about themselves, and that you place all of these structure, the structure on them that they don't feel good about themselves. So you want them to feel good, and then you want them to live good. Here's the big difference, if I can just summarize, right? I'll call it religion, right? I'll put it in quotes because it's, it's this organized, it's man-made, it's driven by law. And this is a big word that's used over and over and over again in Galatians. He says, we're not under the law. He says, we're not under the law. We're not under the law. Let's say it together. We're not what? Under the law. We're not under the law. But we instead follow the the Spirit. It's here. It's here. Now, how many of you know sometimes down in here you know the right thing to do right away? And how many know the wrong thing to do right away? If you follow this thing and you're true to it, right? God's Spirit in here, you, you do the right thing. And you move from all these laws to the more summarizing statements. And so in Galatians, we have some great summarizing statements, such as Paul says, he says, the whole law can be summed up in this one sentence. Love your neighbor as your son. If we just did that, that's it. Love your neighbor as yourself. He goes, that whole entire thing could be summed up in that. Just love your neighbor as you love yourself. And follow instead the Spirit guiding you from the inside. But this is what we've been talking about in this series. Doesn't this make us nervous? I mean, if you're, if you're raising a teenager, you say, just follow your heart, son. You, no, 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 no. <laughs> Don't tell a teenager that. You say, I need you home at six. I need this. I need that, right? You're going to still in the law, right? But as they mature, you have to move. You have to go off of law and you have to go to an internal guidance. Do what's loving, right? And do what's right in your heart. Because you can't give them enough rules. You can't give them enough laws. It's kind of like this. Um, every once in a while, I'll be teaching someone to drive a boat. Because, you know, if you're on the boat and you want to spend... The, the problem with have, Here's the problem with having a boat. The problem with having a boat is you never get to ski. You never get to surf. You ne- you're always what? Driving someone else, right? And so you got to teach other people to drive so that you can enjoy it as well. But it's very nerve-wracking. Huh? It's very nerve-wracking handing over your boat to someone else. Any captains out there know what I'm talking about. All right. And here's a difference with a boat, all right? Now, people will go, oh, no, no, I know how to drive. And you're like, oh, boy. As soon as they tell you they already know, you know they don't. When someone says, I already know, you know that they don't, Right? And, and there's so many subtle differences from a boat, driving a boat to driving a car. For instance, a boat always reacts, what? Slower. Some of you don't have a clue. Okay, I'll go over here and talk. All right. <laughs> you turn a car and it turns. You turn a boat and, and especially when you're going at slow speed, it reacts really slow. So now you, if you're going slow, do you know what I'm talking about? You oversteer and then you oversteer this way. And then the next thing, the boat's going like this and like this. And then they think, well, don't worry, I'll just, if I get in trouble, I'll just stop. And you say, no, there's no brakes on a boat, right? You can't just stop. 
So all these things happen, and there's a real different, they're, they're very similar, but they're very, what? Different. Boats, they drift. It's a general guidance. It's a feel. It's a finesse. We, when we're immature and we're growing, we need things exact. We need things precise. We want formulas with God. We, here's what we want. God, I'm going to do X and Y, and I expect Z result. God, I'm going to do this, and I expect you to produce this. And instead, what he's teaching us is our relationship with God is a, is a feeling, not a formula. Stay with me. It's a feeling, not a formula. It's relational. How many of you remember growing up and you had a teacher? You remember your favorite teacher in school? Mrs. Right? I remember Mrs. Pentecost. I remember Mr. So-and-so, Mr. Bridge. I remember all these teachers that I had. and I love them. And, and I, I, that's who they are. To me, they're Mr. So-and-so, Mrs. So, anybody? How many have ever had this experience? You're, you get older in life. I mean, you know, like, you, like you, you cross the 4-0 or the 5-0 or a couple of milestones, and you see these teachers later in life, and they say, don't call me that anymore. Call me Tom. Anybody, have, anybody ever had this experience? How many, how many could just say it feels weird? Isn't it? How many say, I couldn't do it? I, I, couldn't do, I, I couldn't get it out. And they, what they are saying is, look... That was 35 years ago. Let's, let's be, what? Friends now. Let's put our thing on a, I respect you as a, and you had a hard time doing it, anybody? This is, this is what happened in Galatians. They were having a hard time coming to God as a friend, as a father. They were okay with the sir, the ma'am, the Hollywood bee, all of the distant King James, right? But when it became Abba, Papa, Grandma, Daddy, said that's, that's not how God wants to be. This is exactly what Paul teaches us in Galatians. He said, God put his spirit in us that makes, the spirit that makes us say, Abba, Papa, Father. It is, it's a beautiful word. Abba would be the word we would say, Papa. If you could call someone Papa, you're not afraid of them. You're not worried about rules and this. You just crawl up on their lap. You have a completely different dynamic. And so what Paul is, look, he's saying, it's time to, can I say this? It's time to do away with the yes, sir, yes, ma'am. Respect is always a good place to start in relationships. Listen, this is important. Respect is always a good place to start in relationships, isn't it? Any kind of respect, just respecting another person. But as relationships go, they move from respect to what? friendship or intimacy. People in the church, they, they refer to me, sometimes people refer to me as pastor, right? And sometimes because that's where you grew up and that's what you were taught and that's what you're supposed to do. I always tell people, you can call me Chris. But I understand sometimes people, they can't do it. 
They just can't do it. They got, I got to call you this, right? People tell their kids, you have to refer to so-and-so as this. But think about it this way. When you're really close to someone, when you're really close to someone, you either call them by their first name or you even call them by a what? Nickname or a pet name. Isn't it true? When you're really close to someone, you call them by a pet name. Could it be that God wants you to be so close to him that he wants you to call him by a pet name? Papa, Abba, Daddy. That God is not this distant being in the sky who wants you to follow all of these rules or he is going to be upset with you, but that he wants you to just come to him. Now, look, how many have ever raised little kids? How many know they will come to you whenever they want to come to you? Any hour of the night, any hour of the day, at any time. They have no hesitation about coming to you. And this is so true. God doesn't want you to have any hesitation about coming to him. And I meet people all the time. I meet people all the time. And this is what they say. Oh, I couldn't come to your church. I mean, the ceiling would come in. I mean, I couldn't come. The lightning would strike. In other words, I couldn't just come because I need to do X and Y and Z. No, he's saying you come just the way that you are. Paul, this is important. Paul is writing from experience. Why? Because Paul had already lived a very superior, if you'd call it that, religious life. Paul said, if there was ever a guy that could check all the religious boxes, it was me. I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. I was circumcised on the eighth day. So he's Jewish, right? So he's checking all the Jewish boxes, if you will. Does that make sense? I was this, I was this. So if you grew up in a Christian home, you could do your, what are your own boxes? I never missed church. I always went to Sunday school. I was baptized. I was confirmed. I did this, I did this. But he did all of that and didn't have a relationship with God. It is entirely possible, listen, it is entirely possible that you can check off all the boxes and not have a relationship. It doesn't impress God. God doesn't care about it. It impresses people. It impresses religious leaders. But what God wants more than anything is to have a relationship with you. So, how do we, this is important, how do we, Paul writes, you're no longer under the law, but the Spirit, how do you let go of this? This is what we want to talk about for a minute. Many of you grew up, and you, you can't let go of your religion, right? You, you, you have to. And here's the problem. What it does is then... It makes your relationship with God on again, off again, on again, off again, right? He loves me. He loves me not. He loves me today. He doesn't love me tomorrow. I did the right thing. He loves me. Now he doesn't love me. This is what it does. And it makes you a mess, right? And the other thing that it does is it makes you judgmental of other people. Well, that, well, you know, that, that's, 
you have your thoughts about these people that aren't doing it the right way, that aren't following the rules, that aren't in the religion. And you, of course, are, but they aren't. And so how do you let go of this and move to this? And let me just say two things about it. First, it can be scary for some people. So let me go back to the boat driving. Some people, it's just scary because it's not acting the way it's supposed to act. And the uh, first thing I tell them is relax. Just calm down. Because you want to overdo it, oversteer, and then all of a sudden they're throwing it in reverse, and now the boat's just... Anybody? The first thing you got to do to let go of the rules-based system is relax. How do you relax? Look, when you know that you're loved. When you're worried about making a mistake... How many have ever been that driver? Remember when you're first driving anything? You're worried about making a mistake. What are you doing? Making a lot of mistakes, right? The more you're worried about making mistakes, the more you're... The first thing you got to do is relax. This is so important. What we're talking about is what a musician would call playing by ear, playing by feel. Jazz, Right? Just put the rule book over here and feel the music. First thing that you can do for a relationship with God is relax. How many times have you ever heard that in church? Just relax. You're fine. And people look and they're messing up with the boat. And they're like, I'm not fine. I'm not doing good. I'm like, you're doing great. You're doing great, right? Now, you're going to get better, but you're doing great. Because the first thing they need to know is what? You're okay. Speaking of, one more thing on the water. It's summer. I can't help myself. But have you ever watched somebody, have you ever watched somebody trying to learn to get up in a sport to ski or something like that? And people can't help it. There's 20 people on the boat all shouting directions at the same time. Right? Have you seen this? Buckle your knees. No, put your arms around your knees. No. no. Like, look at the boat. No, look at the birds. No, keep your arms stiff. Stop pulling. Lean left. Anybody? Just pretend you're in a chair. Everybody's yelling. Is this good? Is this good? No, it's terrible. Here's the first thing you got to do. Way to go. That was awesome. It, I mean, it's terrible. How many know it's like this? Their feet are all spread apart. They're pulling on the, they're doing everything wrong. And all you, listen to me. I'm going to teach you how to teach someone to ski. All you need to say to them is, way to go. For the first four times, that's all you need to say. Uh, no, but we'll, no, we can't help ourselves. We think, right, we're going to have an all-star skier the first time we pull them up. That's ridiculous. You don't say anything except what? Way to go. Oh, say it with me. One, two, three. Way to go. Way to go. Now, you and I know it was horrible. It's true. We know they're never going to get up doing that they're not but what's the problem you trying to they're, they're too young they're, they're scared of the water huh they feel the water coming up over their nose the life jacket's like right here they can't see. and you're trying to make them an expert skier and the first thing they need to do this is so important listen is they need to what relax just be comfortable that was good that was good you were so close Right. 
that, that why they need to, but see, why do we do that with people? We come to church and let's lay the rule out. No, you need to do this. You need to do this. Everybody's nervous and they're oversteering and they're overdoing everything and just relax. You're loved. Relax. Relax. Just relax. See, love has that power to relax somebody. And what organized religion does is it doesn't relax people. In fact, it tenses them up. And they get tense with other people. And they get tense with God. And then they can never perform. They can never do their thing. Are there some basic principles to getting up? Yes, there are actually. At some point, does it make sense to help them with those principles? Absolutely, of course. But it's all in time. The first and the fundamental thing is relax. And I always tell people, smile. Enjoy it. I think if God could whisper something to us today, I think what he would whisper to us is this. My children, my sons and daughters, relax. You're in my love. There are some basic principles that are going to help you. Love your neighbor. But the first and the foremost thing you need to know is that you are loved. I, I have to do this sometimes with the people on my boat. I have to go like this. Could you stop talking? Could you let this person alone for a minute? Because now, not only, this is important, not only do they have their own fear and anxiety and water and all these other things going on, now they have all these people that they're trying to please. How many people have you seen like that in life? Now they're all stressed out because now do they have their own problems to deal with. Now I've got to try to please all these other people. This old system is about pleasing other people making sure that they're happy with my performance. This is about relaxing and trusting. You're going to see this word over and over and over again in Galatians. Follow the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit. You who are spiritual, right? And it's this idea that you just follow God from the inside out rather than from the what? outside in. Then when they get up, this big smile erupts on their face. How many know what I'm talking about? And this is what I always scream, as I always scream, relax, relax. Because what are they doing? I mean, just, just uh, gripping that rope, right? And, I, so, and just relax. All of a sudden, people relax. Uh, I took my niece last night. She came in from Florida. I took her up surfing. First time surfing. She's a rock star. And she got up and we went tubing first. And I said, do you want to surf? She said, yeah. So I put her between my legs. We got up on the surfboard and she had a death grip on this rope, right? And, and what I kept telling her was, relax, right? Relax. Let go of the rope. She didn't want to let go of that rope. No, I'm really holding us up. What she doesn't know, this is important. What she doesn't know is, if I let go or if I do anything, we're going down. She thinks, right, she's holding us up. She's got a death grip on this rope. And I'm like, honey, let go of the rope a little bit. 
uh-uh, uh-uh, Uncle Chris, I'm not letting go. Like, uh, right? What she thinks is she's doing it. What she doesn't know is I have her involved. I have my arm around her. I have one hand on the rope and one hand on her. I'm balancing us. I'm holding her, and I'm holding the rope. She's doing nothing but sitting there. At, oh, she's not here. Is she here? Thinking she's surfing, right? This is, this is what Galatians is. Paul goes, I checked it. He, he thought it was him. Paul thought it was him. Paul thought it was, I'm a good Jew, and I did this, and I was circumcised. And some of you, you that's been you. Some of you, that's your Christian experience. Oh, well, I did this, and I did this. And Paul's like, it's all grace. Only reason you're standing there is because Christ has his arms around you. He's balancing the board. He's holding you. He's holding the rope. It's all what? Grace. You're in his arms. You're just going along with it. What was I trying to get Hallie to do? Relax and go along with it. Relax and go along with it. There's a key thing that happens when you think it's you. And Paul's trying to do away with it. And he calls it boasting. Paul goes, if anyone could boast, it was me. Like, I had the pedigree, you know. Like, in, in locker rooms, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. Well, just guys' locker rooms, I don't know what the, what the girls are. But guys, they boast. They talk, and they try to be subtle about it when they get older, but they just boast. They talk about their score, their golf swing, and this and that, and they just rah, 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 right? So in churches, if we had a church locker room or the atrium, people boast about, right? Oh, I did that. I've been in this church for this many years. Oh, I memorized Galatians. Oh, I did this. And what Paul was saying, this is so important. He goes, you're missing the whole thing. Christ has his arm around you. He's balancing the board. He's holding the rope. You are along for the ride. You are learning to relax and trust him. This is going to, look, some of you are like, no, I want it to be about me. I want it to be about my performance. I know you're going to kick and scream. You, you're going to hate, some of you are going to hate leaving this because you can't brag anymore. And Paul goes, I have nothing to brag about except the cross. That's all I can brag about. What he did for me. Look, this is about what I do. What I do for God. This is about what he can, can you read that? Has already done. It's done. So you relax. In his grip, you trust in his grace. The last thing I want to say is this. If you've read this letter, you know that Paul has some tough language here. He's mad really mad. Read it. Tough language. If there's anything that really tipped Paul, it was the idea that after he had coached all these people here, that someone came and pulled them back and said, no, God's not happy with you if you haven't done this and haven't done this and haven't done this. Paul said, you're free. 
Use that freedom well. Get in the lap of God. Get in the grip of God. Get in the grace of God and relax. You know, last thing I told, taught Allie how to do when I was teaching her to surf. She didn't want to let go of the rope, so she did a couple times. I go, just wave to Dad, wave. So she'd go, right? So I said, now when you surf, you got to do this. This means hang loose, right? I know I'm pushing my metaphors today, but may I? Orchard Grove, hang loose. You're in, the, you're in a good grip. You're, you really are. And the other thing that it will do, it'll help you be gracious with other people. Once you find yourself there, it's not about me and what I did and how proud I can be about my religion. Or, it's just like I'm just trusting in God's grace. And the next thing you do is you start to be really gracious with other people. How many of the older you've got, you've found yourself, you had to be a little more gracious with other people? Partly because of your own screw-ups. He's, he's pulling us into grace. He's pulling us into a completely different orbit. It's the gravity of God's love pulling us into this orbit that's a whole different dynamic. Paul never leaves his religion completely. He's Jewish. Jesus is Jewish. He never leaves his Jewishness. He reforms it. He finds its internal mechanism, grace and love. I'm not saying you have to leave anything except the old code behind and move into a thing where the words are love, spirit, grace. The other words that you will find in there, the result, he said, the fruit, which we're going to talk about in the weeks to come. The results of this. So each of these systems has a result. This one has a result of judgmentalism. It, by the way, it doesn't work to know a lot of rules. It doesn't change your heart. Anybody? Uh, two minutes. How many of you have ever sent your kid out the door with a bunch of rules and you're panicked to death because you knew they weren't going to follow them? Because rules don't change anyone's heart. You can give more. You can yell the rule. I'm going to yell the rule. Okay, Dad, since you yelled. Uh, no. There are a bunch of rules. What you want, isn't it? What you really want is for their heart to change. For them to want to do the right thing. For them to know to do the right thing. This is the movement here. And so what God does is he replaces law with his spirit in our heart, and it has a natural product. It, it brings out, and the fruit we'll talk about, get, get this fruit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, have you ever said, be gentle, please be gentle? Faithfulness, self-control. That's what comes out of this system. That's what comes out of God's Spirit flowing through us. The whole call that Paul has in Galatians is move from law to grace. Trusting in him to change you from the inside out. Okay, I'm over time. Let's stand.